Ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome back to the Vibing and Striving podcast. My name is Hassan. And my name is Joe. And today we're joined by a very special guest named Bart. Um, and yeah, just Bart, take it away. Just tell the audience a bit who, about who you are and what you do. Thanks, guys. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. As you've mentioned, uh, my name is Bart. I'm a real estate agent here in London, in the UK. Um, I do a bit of YouTubing here and there as well. So, yeah, looking forward to, to the podcast. And, and once again, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on. Of course, pleasure is ours. Pleasure is ours. Um, before we dive in, I just want to commend you, Bart, because... When we go on this podcast and we uh, try to find guests, it's hard to find, you know, people our age around about, you know, let's say between, you know, 16 to 20, who are really trying to, like, make an impact and they're just getting started. They're just finding their groove. I mean, Bart is the only real estate agent I know at 18 years old. I mean, like, when I saw that, I was like, damn, that's like... It's pretty good, man. You know, it's got it's got a bit of a ring to it, you know. But um, but yeah. First question I want to ask you, Bart, is what was what was it that really got you into being a real estate agent in the first place? What was what was the driving factor? Um, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I think it, it goes quite far back. I used to. Um, it's actually quite a funny one. I used to I used to go out with this girl, right? A little childhood sweetheart. Um, and I'd always, we'd always um, go back to her place. And, and the more I got to know her, the more I got to know her parents as well. And it turned out that they were both um, estate agents and they were actually um, business owners as well. So they, they, they ran their own estate agency. And I was always, always fascinated to hear um, about their stories and what they got up to. Uh, and at the same time, they, they lived in a massive house and did quite well for themselves. So it was almost that, that sort of... Um, that moment of realization for me that there's something in there, and I, and I started researching it quite a lot, and and I started even even finding things on Netflix like Selling Sunset and you know all all these things to do with estate agents. So I started watching everything, studying everything, and I, I really got stuck into it. So from quite a young age, I've always always been interested in property in general. So I'd I'd, I'd sit there and look into property investing and all of these other things to do with the industry. But then when I started um, to, to look into agency itself, I saw it as a, a business model that I could really get stuck into and um, and I started watching YouTubers like Graham Stephan on, on YouTube, you know, who also used to be a real estate agent and, and that was it really, it was, it was a mix of some people I knew I guess and then the internet and it all just came together and, and drew, drove me really to to get into the industry, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm what I think I'm one of the well, I'm, I am the youngest actually sales negotiator at the company I work at at the moment, um, and and that's really how how I got into it. It's just just a mixture of things, and and things fell into the right place at the right time for me, and and that's it really. Finding that passion and then acting on it seems to be the key. You got in, you had a little look at it. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna give it a mm. whack, and then you properly went for it. Because how many like. You, okay, so you figured out what you wanted to do. And for most people, right, the vast majority, they do their A-levels or not because of Corona. They just don't do their A-levels, right? Um, who knows? Anyway, they do year 13 or they do college and then they're off to uni, right? And then they're like, oh, having a bit of fun at uni, all right? And then things get a bit serious, degree ends, got to get a job. But my guy Bart has just gone straight into the deep end. There was no messing around. There was no messing around, you know? And that's that's... 
You don't see that often, you know? You don't see that often. So what was the deciding <laughs> factor for you that was like, you know what? I'm not going to go uni, actually. I'm just going to... I don't need a degree. Anyway. I can just do it. like Because I took a gap year this year. And I did my A-levels with three A-stars and, and a B, mm. right? And everyone was like, why are you not going uni? Like, I had a decent place at uni for economics. Like, why, why are you not going? Why are you not going? I was like, well, I'm probably going to go study for a degree, which will be helpful, yes. But I'm probably going to go into some investment bank after. And I really want to sell my soul to JP Morgan for the rest of my life. Or, you know, for Goldman Sachs. Maybe for a year to get some experience. But no more than like a couple, you know, because I do want to live a little bit. So... Coming back to you, Bud, for me, that was mm. kind of the deciding factor. I was like, you know, I was really going to go and try and make an income online this year. And I have a small side business. We'll talk about it later, maybe. But um, scaling that, scaling some of the stuff. What was the deciding factor? And how did how did your friends, how did your parents feel about it when you were like, you know what? I I ain't going uni. I could, but I'm not. I'm going to just I'm gonna just go straight in. A bit of a bold move, eh? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It certainly was at the time, especially for my mum. Um, who's who's quite a, a traditional woman, let's say. You know, she used to be a teacher, um, now works in in the transport industry. So we we've been quite you know quite traditionally brought up, I guess you could say. I went I went to a grammar school um, in Kent, where I'm originally from. So it was all you know all quite a, a traditional upbringing, and you know expectations were high in terms of education moving forwards. Um, but I just looked at things slightly differently. Like similarly to yourself, I you know I did all right with my A levels. I I ended up. Um, with uh, what did I get? An A star, two A's, uh, no, A star, three A's, um, and you know I was offered a scholarship to go and study investment at risk at the uh, London Institute of Banking and Finance. So I could have had, you know, I could have gone for a career in in banking in the city, um, sit in the city of London at some big tables, you know, and, and network that way. But for me, it was. Um, it was just, I just hate the stigma around the fact that everybody has to go to university and it's the only way to succeed. I think mm. there's a lot to be said about that. Um, and and, and it, essentially it comes down to who you are as a person, how you present yourself um, and what, 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 you, uh, what you do moving forward. So it, it was almost just to prove a point to myself and those around me. So when I used to hint to my mum that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to become a, a real estate agent in London and you know, and not go to university, she'd laugh and she'd think I'm joking. But then when it actually came to it, you know, she, she couldn't believe it. Um, so it was just having that confidence and proving that that piece of paper that you get after three years of studying and probably £60,000 worth of debt. And, you know, and all these all these years of just sitting in a classroom and listening to someone, that piece of paper you get at the end actually isn't your pass to employability. The, the, the you know, the, the, the core quantities... Uh, and qualities and skills and everything that you need to become employable are far from just that piece of paper you get at the end of university. So I, I sort of was fortunate enough to realise that very early. And I took it upon myself to um, to actively go out and, and prove that. Um, and that's how I, I came across the, you know, the company I work at at the moment, which is Chesterton's. I was scrolling through LinkedIn um, and I found the head of recruitment for the company, and you know, one thing led to another, and I, I got the job. It wasn't it wasn't a simple job application. I didn't send send my CV to anyone. I didn't you know go in for a normal interview. I I found the head of recruitment for the company that I wanted to work at. I got in touch. We got on the phone. You know, we started speaking to each other. One thing led to another. He tried to put me into a you know a property services academy type thing, to which I said no. 
um, he called me a few days later and said, actually, you know what, let's, you know, let's, let's give things a try. We, we, we don't hire people your age ever, but I'm happy to put you forward to an interview. Why not? Um, next thing I knew, I was sat in front of two of the sales directors at, at the company and, you know, I sold the hell out of myself. I, I spent every single day leading up to that interview meticulously preparing, analyzing the company's quarterly performance, how I can add to that, and most importantly, how I'm different and why they should hire me at 18. You know, I came up with the perfect pitch, really, um, to be hired. And, you know, I, I kept, went into that interview confident as ever and sold the hell out of it. <laughs> I mean, you, it, it's really true when you hear people say fake it till you make it that's exactly what I had to do um, and you know a few days after that interview I got the call to say that they'd be pleased to, to offer me the job and this was still whilst I was studying for my A-levels this was back in so I got the job back in April of this year whilst I was still at sixth form just before all of my exams um, so I sat there you know for the rest of the school year just itching to get out really itching to get out move to London make the big move I was 17 at the time still 17 um, so I moved across to London. I left, you know, I left my mum and my brother and my dad and everyone behind, and and I just moved by myself to London. No friends, no family, no connections, nobody at all. Um, and I started this job in in London's leading estate agent, right? Not not an independent round the corner, one of the biggest companies in London. Um, and I started as a, as a fresh sales negotiator, having never worked in the industry. Um, and just sent it really. Um, so it just goes to show that if you believe, if you put the work in and you learn how to sell yourself, you, you know, there's nothing can stop you then. Nothing can stop you. I don't need a degree. I don't need a degree. And I'm really confident in saying that. And I'm very glad and, you know, very grateful that I'm able to say that. I think sales is such an important skill, you know, to, to know how to sell yourself, to know how to sell a product, to service, whatever it might be. It's it's priceless. Um, of course, that it doesn't doesn't really count for somebody that's that's passionate about medicine and wants to be a doctor, passionate about law and wants to be a lawyer and help people that way. You know, be a, be a social worker or something like that. I fully fully understand why someone would go to university for those reasons. But for careers in business, finance, property, uh, investment, whatever it might be, there are other ways through, and there are other ways in which you can shine. So. You know, that's that's really I've, I've rambled on quite a bit there, but that's no, really no, the, no, the, uh, the short bit. It's you brilliant. Know? No, no, no. It's really interesting. I've got a question. Like, you seem you present yourself. I mean, you had to present yourself as a very confident individual. You had to be very proud of who you were, and you had to you had to sell yourself. Was that for you? Was that a natural talent from day one, or how, how did you build on that? And, you know, did your, you know, how did you build on that? And did, was your parents like ever like? I love that. I love that question. Family, um, so know? it was quite the opposite for me. I had to find ways to to really get it out of myself. And I do owe a lot of it to my mum. So, um, you know, my mum. Uh, well, my parents originally came across to the UK as immigrants. Right, I'm I'm not originally from the UK. I'm I'm from Poland. Um, so they originally came across as immigrants to the UK. So did I. I was born in Poland, and we came across when I was three years old. Um, and you know, my my mum and uh, my whole family, they, they, their English isn't great. And to this day, my mum still struggles to speak English like you know properly, like flu Like she knows English fluently, but she can't. She's got really really strong Polish accent, and and it's not great, right? So I've always had to almost help. I, I was very lucky to go to school here, right, in the UK from a very early age, and learn the language and be surrounded by. English people so that I could then sort of help my mum if that makes sense so whenever there was a call to be made to like I don't know British gas or, or even the school or anything like that I would do it because 
my mum's English wasn't great, so I'd al- almost have to fill in in in, in that sort of uh, in that sort of role. You know, if 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 we needed to call the council for like a, a bill or something, or call call wherever, you know, like a um, you know even call like curries or something, I I I would do it, um, and that really taught me from a young age to just to just go for it, um, and and. Yeah, I, I just I just sort things out, you know, and and I, it was really instilled in me from a very young age to to go out and just do it, and my mum really, really pushed that on me. So it, it's different. Like for my brother, for example, because I was the one always doing it, he's a completely different person. You know, his confidence is, is 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 a lot lower. I mean, it's getting there, and we you know we we talk about it and everything, but it's it's nothing like mine. I think because I'm you know quote unquote it, from a disadvantaged background I guess you could call it you know a bit coming from an immigrant background and so on and so forth it really presented me with that opportunity to learn so much from um, from an early age and you know I, I go back to what I said about being very grateful for that from my mum's side you know she pushed me very hard she sent me to all of these clubs and you know I was a young farmer when I was when I was a little boy and um, I'd go to this young farmers club every weekend you know pick up I'm not sure if you can swear on this, but I'd pick up, you know, uh, animals, animal stuff, and, um, and yeah, you, and can, you just, can you can swear, say whatever you want, mate. You know, just for fun, and I'd meet people, and I'd speak to them, and I'd be forced, I'd be forced to go out there and speak to people. That's very key, you know, public speaking. Mm. Then a bit later on, when I when I turned 14, um, I picked up the whistle and became a football referee. Again, one one of the best things my mum ever got me into, you know, football refereeing. We've always been into football as a family. My my granddad used to play football at a good level in Poland and my brother still plays football at this to this day and, you know, I've, I've been a referee since I was 14 so we've always been involved in football but that was a big turning point for me, you know, going out and taking charge of, you know, 22 people at a time, sometimes 30 if you include the managers from a very young age and I was 14 going out there making decisions, speaking to people, having to communicate them, and most of all, sell them. That's the, that's the best thing about refereeing. You have to sell your decisions. Not every foul will be seen as a foul to everyone and so on and so forth. So that was um, that was key for me from a very young age, taking that sort of... Um, Taking that sort of leadership role and being the man in the middle of a football pitch, um, taking charge of 22 people, sometimes 30 as I say, making those key match decisions and progressing through the game of football. At 16, you know, at 16 I started refereeing adults mm. football, men's football and, and since then it's progressed now to, to a stage where I'm 18 um, I'm a level four referee, semi-professional at, at the supply league level. You know, I'm flying to to Guernsey on Sunday to to referee a football game. You know, uh, all paid for by the league and everything. It's, it's it, that that is really where I got my confidence from. So, for anyone on the podcast that is interested in football, pick up a whistle and go for it because that is ultimately where I got all of my public speaking from, all of my confidence, and and most of all, just not really caring about what anyone thinks because when you're a referee and you have 22 people screaming at you, telling you how much of a bad person you are, how ugly you look, how stupidly you run, and how annoying you are, you really learn to filter out what's right and what's wrong, and who you should listen to, aka the close circle that's around you, and who you shouldn't listen to, aka all of the noise in the background, and all of the people that when they see that you're succeeding will hate it and try and bring you down. So it's really, really taught me a lot, refereeing. It's really, really has taught me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and, I'm, I'm, and that's why I'm, I'm fortunate to be in, in the position mm-hmm. I am today. And that's really, really had, um, it, was, it was certainly the deciding factor for me when it came to, to that interview with the sales directors and 
you know, sitting there and, and selling myself and speaking with confidence and, and, and being able to take charge of the room, you know, asking them questions instead of them asking me questions, you know, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm used to being interrogated, and I mean interrogated by, by football managers, you know, after a football game, especially at the level I referee at now. I could give you an example from this Saturday. Um, I was at uh, I was at Walton and Hersham, a big club on TikTok. You know they've got about four hundred thousand followers um, on on TikTok, and I was there refereeing the game. After the game, you know the, the the managers really, really, really quizzed me in the change room. They came in and started absolutely hammering me. And how how do you deal with that? You've just got to you've got to be confident. You've got to be able to move a conversation in a direction that you want it to move in and take charge. And that's that's been that's been key really. So I would say that you're a natural leader then, no? Because you're able to keep control. I wouldn't say it's natural though. Like you can, he, he's worked at that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, mm. oh yeah, for sure. I would. I have another question. Because um, obviously you've moved down to London by yourself and you've left all your family, friends, basically pretty much everything at home, right? Mm. How How's that transition been and what have you noticed Okay, what are the what are some things in London that you've noticed that are slightly different to what you thought on, you know, how's mm. how's the transition been? Uh it's been difficult. Um it has been difficult and I'd be lying if I say it wasn't, you know. I've I've sort of come to a place where um I didn't realize how how distant everyone is in London. How actually, you know, there's there's so many people mm. here in London, but it's actually a very anti-social place I found. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, people people don't smile at you. People don't say good morning. You know, it's a, it's a very it's it's such a big place with so many people and so many opportunities, but it can be very cold. It can be very lonely and it can be very mm -hmm. uh, you know, very isolating. very isolating, very you know, toxic at times. Some people are very, you know, very, uh, very, just very rigid on uh, about their ways and everything. So it's been it's been an interesting transition and one that I've had to, one that I've had to really try and embrace and learn a lot from. But I've been very, very lucky to have um, somebody at work. Uh, my my sales director Daniel. He's been he's been a great help. You know, he's he's the one one contact I have in in London here. One person I trust. Um, and he's really helped me through through the whole process. Just having that mentor, having someone to um, to listen to, someone to someone to learn from, has been key. You know, he came from a similar similar background, having moved from Wales across here to London and experiencing a similar way of life. You know how isolating it can be. It's been good to relate with someone and have someone to to talk about these things too, really. But yeah, it's been it's been it's been uh, it's been interesting. It's been exciting, but also very difficult at the same time. I mean, London's like a ladder, I would explain, and like all big major cities in the world are like ladders. Like people just are so, maybe you say, some may say greedy, some may say just like gold. It's a very gold-driven city and you have to be a gold-driven person to succeed. And it's like a ladder, so everyone wants to get to the top and you're just pushing people down. You know, some people can push people down um, to get, you know, the higher the high you go, basically, I would, I would describe it. Um, but, yeah, I mean... So, you were going to go to uni, right? And then you weren't going to go to uni, but your mum... Oh, I had a fucking great question. Nah, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's all good. You'll come back to it. Uh, I'll come back it to it. It was interesting how you touched on that. That was um, a silly question. Because I can resonate with this. I can resonate with this. Um, you'll have friends who you think are friends, right? But then you start doing well... 
I mean, you, okay, you may not even be doing that well, but you, you at least perceive, you have the perception at least to be doing better than drive. them. And that pisses people off. Like, I'm sure you could relate that. Unless people have the right mm. mindset and they can see what you're doing and be like, yeah, that's cool what he's doing or she's doing. I can learn from that. Because before I would see people who are doing better than me and I'd, mm. I'd feel it a little bit. And now I'm like, you know what? Fair play. Because whether they've been lucky or not, They've had to put in a good amount of work to get to where they are, so I could learn something from that. But they're like people, like people I've known, and they just like they kind of like turn, they become cold. Like it's it's mad, it's mad. You, mm. It really separates um the true friends from the ones who just um they wish they they they're not really wishing for your success. What, what do you think about that? Have you experienced that yourself? Mm. I mean, or not, not even just friends, like work colleagues. You know, if people yeah. are not even, you know, friends with necessarily, they can just turn on you because I'm pretty sure you've got some. Who's this 18 year old in the business? What's he doing, doing it? Really well for your age and maybe. Yeah, no, exactly. Mm. Like they look like when they're 18 and they look like when you're 18 and they surely they could be a bit jealous. Or in fact, like, I think having a different mindset to people is one of the most powerful things that can get people solely angry at you. Mm. Just be like, even if they're a bit older, being like, looking at you, being like, Fuck, I didn't have that mindset when I'm 18. He's different and he's smashing it. And oh, why is this 18-year-old exactly where I am and I'm like mm. 35 and he's 18? Where will he go mm. where, and where will he be when he's 35? And that's not fair. I mean, mm. what's your experience of that? Mm. No, I can, um, I can certainly relate with that. Now, it's tough because uh, I, I, I've experienced that quite a bit, you know, in, in almost everything I do, whether it's refereeing. I think, um, I think I'm the wow. youngest level four referee in the whole country, right? So I've, I've managed to progress. Uh, I've managed to progress on that front quite quickly as well. And um, I've been invited to, you know, the National Centre of Refereeing Excellence and so on and so forth. So I sit in a room, you know, uh, very often with with a bunch of twenty year olds and thirty year olds, who who are smashing it. They are smashing it. They're they're at a good level. And then every, you know, and then they ask, you know, but how old are you? And I say, eighteen. And it's almost like, oh wow, you know, it's um, they they some it, it's not. I don't know. On the refereeing side of things, it's I think it's a lot better than in in the in what I like to call the real world. That you know, that it's a very supportive network, and I really can't complain. And actually, they it's it's a lot more supportive um, on on that front. But when we look at agency, for example, or even even some of my old friends, that people that I call my old friends now, but you know, almost six months ago would have been my closest friends. You know, um, it's it's a lot different. They. Uh, they almost, I mean, when I first started the YouTube channel, you know, when I had 10 subscribers, 11 subscribers, then 12, then 13, people would laugh at me, people would come up to me and, and do my YouTube intro, you know, in front of me at school and everything and blah, 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 blah. Those same people are now messaging me on Instagram saying, but how did you get into sales? How did you get into agency? Why don't we have a conversation on the phone next Wednesday? Why don't we speak? Why don't you know? How did you do it? And, and and they're messaging me, and then I just sort of sit there scratching my head, thinking, weren't you just taking the absolute piss out of me six months ago for for sending it? You know, for going for it. Why are you now coming? Why are you now coming to me and and being very nice and and congratulating me and asking how I did it? It's it's frustrating because I I love to help people and I always do. Um, you know, I get I get quite a few people messaging me. Surprising, I you know I only have like two hundred and seventy subscribers, but I get quite a few people messaging me, um, that have watched the channel to ask you know how to get into agency, how I find agency, why I went into agency, and I sit there and I reply to these messages. I don't have a lot of time in the day anymore because 
because I have you know quite a few commitments, but I love helping people, so I always reply. But it, it really does um, really does frustrate me when it's when it, when when some of those people are people that um, would literally ridicule me at school and you know talk behind my back and everything because I I went for it in the first place because I did that in the first place. You know, it's it's just it's a frustrating feeling because I know. You know, I, even I, I bet even I was like that a bit when I was when I was younger. I'm, I'm sure I can find examples of when I was guilty of of seeing someone succeed and and being jealous and and laughing at it, mm. you know, and ridiculing it and actually saying, oh, you know, they they just got lucky or it's all it's all, all bollocks. I bet I've been like that too. So I I sort of understand. I sort of understand why people do it, um, but at the same time, I wish you know there was a bit more. Um, a bit more understanding, a bit more respect, a bit more like um, collective, like go for it, you know, like go on Bart, you're, you're doing well, like, you know. Now, now I experience that a lot more because it's starting to slowly come through, mm. but right at the start, that's when it's really difficult. That's when you mm. really have to, really have to, you know, really just let it go all over your head and, and really go for it because that's when it's most difficult. You know, when you get 10 videos, with 10 views on a video, or even my first few months here at Chesterton's when it took me so, so long um, to start building my pipeline, I just had to keep going, right? So even when you have all these people laughing at you and you're not even doing well, you just have to keep going because it's really hard. It's it really is hard. And then uh, over time of consistency, it all comes through. Uh, I think I've, I've sort of veered off topic there, but it's um, no, yeah, no, it's good. people people are people are very complex. People are very uh, yeah. people can be very envious. People can be very jealous. People can be very toxic. Equally, people can be very nice, people can be very encouraging, people can be very inspiring. It's surrounding yourself with the right people and, and really, really being careful with what you digest and what you allow to, to affect you on a personal level. Yeah. You know, there, there, there are things that people say at work sometimes, the way they look at me, the way they shout, say, say things to me, the way they, you know, the way they, they, they sort of uh, almost try and single me out and I feel, you know, I feel awful. But, but then I've got to think about the bigger picture, why I'm sat in this seat at my age why I'm doing what I'm doing and what I ultimately want to get out of it. And ultimately, I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to be friends or close with, with people that, that are like that and have that sort of mindset, you know. So it's just filtering it out. That's very important, having a filter, you know. And I learned that from being a referee because, because it's literally 90 minutes of people telling you how stupid you are and you've got to really, really then believe that you're not stupid. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and and keep keep performing at a high level you know it's hard to keep performing at a high level in in a in an awful environment but it's just how you what you let in into your um you know into your heart into your brain and and what you don't that's that's what i've learned yeah i've got a question that i think about daily um related to my personal life but did you ever at any point in your life kind of notice or maybe it didn't maybe you couldn't notice it in the moment but looking back on it did you ever notice like a change in your mindset maybe was yeah it like a, like that an actual physical like change, change that, that was like, like a mental you know, switch you want. yeah exactly mental switch i think there's not one that i can pinpoint exactly i think i have mental switches every few months to be honest um things things tend to change um quite a bit up there at the moment um, but it's. I think that's normal. I think that's life. I think nobody. I think anyone that says that they just once had this euphoric moment, and and that's that's it that set them up for the rest of their life would be lying. I think there are there are big moments that make you realise certain things, but at the same time, life in general is just a continuous journey where you learn, and based off what you learn, 
you then change your outlook, you then change your goals, you then change everything. So things change, you know. A, f a few months ago, one of my goals might have been, you know, to, to make, I don't know, £40,000 this year. But if I look at it now, I'd, I'd have a completely different goal. You know, my goal now would be uh, perhaps not financial, perhaps to, to grow as a person, to, to make a few new connections, to, to travel, you know, to go to go somewhere and do this, do that. So things keep constantly changing. And in half a year's time, my, my goal, you know, my main goal could be financial again, or it could be to do with, with YouTube, you know, 10,000 subscribers, whatever it might be. That's think, exactly what I was going to Things ask keep you. change. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, if I say to you what would be your 10-year goal, right, where do you picture yourself in 10 years? Would you answer that, hand on heart, would you answer that? with a financial answer or would you answer that more of like a human answer where would you where would you want yourself to be or who do you aspire to be to be like in 10 years yeah so 10 years if i think from now at 28 you know you're you're hitting close to 30 um now depends how how people look at things i mean you know people have certain goals in terms of relationships in terms of children in terms of family in terms of finance in terms of personal growth in terms of career so many so many different avenues you could go down right um, so I'm not, yeah, I don't think I would have a pinpointed goal, you know, at 20, it's hard because my main goal is, you know, to, to be better than I was yesterday. And, and that's, and if you keep doing that consistently, um, you, you know, you, you're only going to be a better person in, in 10 years time. It's hard. It really is hard to pinpoint for me at least where, where I think I'm going to be in 10 years time because things constantly oh, yeah. keep changing and opportunities arise and, and, you know, it's it's really hard. So, I, I I don't like to do no. I don't like to um. I don't like to have anything that's definitive for, for you know for for when I'm 28. You know because think life changes. You know next month I I could have a complete change in heart. And as I was saying to you guys before we jumped on the recording, I could move down to Cornwall, live in you know move into a van and start travelling around the UK and, and make YouTube videos about it. Or I could continue being an agent, become one of the best agents in London and, you know, build my own brand, build my own business or, or I could go down a completely different avenue, go and start a degree in finance and, you know, go and, it's just, I, I like to take things as they come and I do have goals, don't get me wrong, I do have goals, I, you know, to give you an example, I want to own my first property before I turn 20, that's, that's one financial goal that I set for myself but it, it's not focusing purely on those goals and, and making my life about reaching those goals because otherwise you reach them and then you know what what what's left nothing you know it, it's almost an infinite journey of, of just just improving smashing it and enjoying it to be honest you, you need to enjoy it that's the most important thing enjoy it because why why be miserable for 10 years and then get your Lamborghini if you can have a life full of fulfillment enjoyment happiness you know travel laughter all of this stuff and then the lambo at the mm. end you know <laughs> that's that's just the way i see it that's a really interesting answer and a really good one and i think that's a yeah that's a, that's a really important message that everyone should listen to and try to apply in their life just like to be in the present really take everything what it with how it comes yeah and try and seek positive at the end of the day right? we're all um really oh, the way the way that i kind of see it um is there's like there's like a certain benchmark per age of where everyone is progressing with themselves whether that's mentally financially physically just overall overall okay and there's almost like um like a ladder to this and maybe some people would see that it's bad to put yourself on the scale but at the end of the day i kind of like it because it, it shows me 
roughly where I am and how much potential there is. Because there's always someone better than you. There's always someone who's above you in a certain aspect, right? And I feel like that helps me progress to the yeah. next level, whatever that may be. A lot of guys... Um, a lot of guys and, our, and girls our age right now, not, ob- not all obviously, but a lot kind of have a cruising mentality. First year uni, just going out, going to some parties. I'm going to get laid this weekend. That's about it. That, that's about how far the goals go, you know, uh, this week. But um, I don't know. I think it's all about finding the, bench par- finding the benchmark and um, going through the progression, leveling yourself up as a man or a woman every single day every single week. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting, but it's also, for me, very important to, to avoid comparison culture. You know, it's mm. very, can become a very dark place, a very daunting place, you know? Mm. Very, just, you know, especially with places like social media, uh, I'd, I'd bet yeah. I'd bet if I went through your, your the people you follow, it would just be you know successful people in and around our age, even older. And you sit there and you scroll through their their feed and think, Jesus Christ, you know, I wish I wish I was like this. So, and and it can go one of two ways. It either gives you a kick up the ass and really inspires mm, you to mm. to get going and motivates you and gives you um, something to aim for, or it makes you completely miserable and think like you're you're not where you need to be. Uh, and you're and you're doing you know you're doing badly uh so it it can go one of two ways and it's very very important to get it right you know comparison culture can be a very very toxic thing very toxic place so um it by all means there are you know there's it's fine having these benchmarks and and everything but comparing yourself to yourself is is probably the most powerful thing you can do um you know so and that's 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 true for everyone, not just people our age. You know, even if if you're 30 years old, and the last 30 years you've you know you've you've spent really just doing fuck all, um, and 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 you know, and and one week you actually spend doing a lot more than you have done over the last last 30 years, then that's then that's fine. You know, you've improved. You've improved on the week before. You've improved on the month before. You've improved on the year before. It's your own journey, you know, your own life. Because if you if you sit there comparing yourself to everyone, you, it will be a, a never-ending yeah. sort of. Um, well, you try and fulfil something that will never never be fulfilled. You know, you'll, you'll never be fulfilled mm. because there will always be someone better. They will. Mm. You'll never be the best in the world at That's everything. That's fine. You know? I think, Even yeah. people like Elon and, Musk. And then, you know, he doesn't. He's 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 not the best. Yeah, he's not the best. You know, he's not the best singer in the world. He's not the best person in the world. You can't. You know, <laughs> you can't be the best at everything. So as long as you're better than yourself. Um, from you know yesterday or the week before or the month before, then that's fine. And it's got to be an aggregate sort of thing over time because one day you may be you know might be having a smashing day and the next you're 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 down and that's fine. You know it's fine to have hiccups. It's fine to have down days. Like this Sunday, for example, I spent most of the day in bed. Was my head racing, thinking Jesus Christ I should be collective, should be making Fuck. YouTube videos, should be doing this, should be investing, should be researching, should be researching stocks. Yeah, of course it was, but at the same time, there was another side of my brain telling me, actually, it's okay to rest. It's I okay have to have some time to breathe. It's okay to 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 I recoup and reconfigure. Yeah. You know, so mm, it's rest just is one of really those. good. Yeah, now rest is really important because. If your head is always racing and if you're always on the move, mm. you never get to stop and first of all appreciate where you are in life and what you are doing. But second of all, to really think and 
see where you're going and see the bigger picture because if you're always running in a race you never like get the third person view of where you are and where yeah. you've been and where you're going you just get stuck in this first person mindset you know seeing all the close-ups seeing the trees here but yeah. you're not seeing that you know you could be sprinting right now and it's flat but you don't see the mountain ahead of you that actually you should be jogging do you yeah. know what i mean you should be jogging and in that third person view, you can see the mountain ahead of you so you can rest yeah you know it's, it's not and it's that's, that's a life yourself. lesson it's not really you know, life is not about you know mm, racing 100%. and sprinting all the time because you're just going to get burnt out yeah that's very true you know yeah it's gary v culture you know 24 7 yeah, you know just that, constantly grinding constantly doing this constantly doing that fine that there it yeah i mean there is something to it don't get me wrong like you have to work hard and, and, and i do work hard you know i i, I don't work a nine to five i work a <laughs> i work an i work an eight to eight. yeah I, I you know i'm always <laughs> i'm always doing something always on my emails always taking a call from a client but when it's time to to uh, you know to relax and and to really just kick it back a bit, I you know I, I I can do that too. Um, so it's finding a balance and finding what works for you. Most importantly, some people, some people for some people it will work. So for some people it works, you know, to work ten hours a day and they love it and that's what gives them energy. That's what gives them energy. But for some people it's not. So it's finding what works for you. Like I I do get a lot of enjoy, enjoyment out of work. It sounds so 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 stupid, but I. You know, just working towards something. It's, it's, um, you know, it, it fills me with a bit of joy here and there. Yes, it does get toxic. Yes, it does get hard. Yes, it does get miserable. But there are enjoyable parts to it too. So it's just find, mm. finding the balance and, and, and seeing what works for you, really. Yeah. I mean, I think me and Hassan both love to work. What the heck? Um, we, I mean, we're both working. We're working on our, on our companies and that's working on ourselves. And it's all about self-development. And it's I think it's how you view a situation and how you, I could be having a shittest day, right? And I could be every, every single thing possible could be going wrong. Do you know what I mean? People's orders could be going lost. I could be getting complaints, like left, right and centre. And it's amongst the chaos if you can control that. Mm. And first of all, find that point of like joy in the day. And then it's how you move on really that makes it that's, you know, yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, that's so, so, such a good way of putting it. It's so important to, to enjoy the day, right? Even when everything's going wrong. Um, like as an agent especially we have you know I have people coming in at me from all angles left right center everywhere everywhere someone always wants something you know I'm, I'm sitting there writing an email bang all of a sudden phone rings I have to race to the phone that's how I make my money I have to race to the phone I have to mm. pick it up otherwise that's a lost lead and, and one of my colleagues gets it so I pick the phone up start registering this applicant writing this 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 and that down you know all of a sudden somebody walks in from the street they've come in to complain about me because i forgot to shut a window at their property i have to put the phone down finish registering the applicant a bit later deal with the complaint because someone's walked in to shout at me and my manager mm. and then i've forgotten about the email that i was writing to one of my clients who actually wanted to put an offer in four hours later i realized fuck i've lost the lead and it all goes to crap so it's just remaining remaining level in and amongst all of this chaos and, and really, really somehow finding enjoyment in it and enjoying the day. Because trust me, when it's good, it is fucking unbelievable. You know, when you close a deal, when you close a sale, it's great. But when all of this noise is around you and then you have someone in the office that doesn't quite like you and is really, really trying to put you down and then you have this coming in from this angle, this coming in from that angle, it really does get quite difficult. So it's just finding um, that level, level mindset to, to get through it. And, and my manager... Well, uh, my manager Daniel, he he, he's very good at all of this. He'd love this podcast. He's actually on a podcast himself. Um, 
and that he he records every uh, well he records on a weekly basis um and he 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 introduced the concept to me of of a candle and and the burning flame of a candle and how it just always stays level and and that it's the sort of code word we have with each other when things are going absolutely tits up you know we just we we say we just say candle when we think of that flame that remains level at all times um, and, and that's just something I carry with me now whenever things start going absolutely wrong I just think of that candle you know the burning flame that that just stays level it, it doesn't go crazy you know it just stays level uh, that's just something I like to refer to and it's just it's finding those little things as silly as they might sound it's finding those little things and reminding yourself throughout the day just to meant you know consciously check yourself back into that you know absolute ruthless level of, of concentration and, 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 and work rate really mm, I mean I was going to say I think I think we should wrap it up with one positive message or one inspirational thing, or most importantly, like a bit of advice you could give to the audience. But I think that candle analogy is really, yeah, that's really good. I will I will take that and I will implement that in the day to day when everything's going as you said tits up. I will I will really that is really good. That's a really solid piece of yeah, advice there, mate. Honestly, I'm glad. I'm glad. That is really really good. So, but I think, I mean, I think we've talked about where you're from, your footballing. You know, your refereeing, coming into moving down to London, what you thought of that, where you kind of want to go, you as a person, your mindset, most importantly through this podcast. It's smashing, um, mate. It's smashing, mate. You. I, think, I love the mindset. I think it's time to wrap it. up. What do you think, Hassan? You, yeah, definitely going mad places. It's gonna be a, it. it's gonna be a nice ride watching this guy you're, fly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be. A, yeah, it's gonna be a pleasure watching you. Yeah, I think that is gonna wrap us up. For today's episode, boys and girls, link to uh, Bart's YouTube and Instagram mm. will be in the description. Make sure to check that out. Subscribe. Yep. Subscribe. Like all videos, post Drop notifications. Smash a like. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> My name is Hassan. All of that. My name is Joe, and this is the Vibing and Striving podcast. We will see you guys in, in the, the next episode. episode. <laughs> Peace.